Hello, and welcome to The Spiel of Time, a spoiler-free podcast discussing Robert Jordan's fantasy epic series, The Wheel of Time. Each episode, Chris, a first-time reader, and Tom, a series veteran, read one or two chapters and sit down to examine them a little deeper. Hello, Tom. Hi, Chris. Guess, I'm guessing we're on from that <laughs> formal introduction. Very solemn. <laughs> Welcome back to another episode of the Spiel of Time. I thought you were going to forget what our podcast was called. <laughs> I almost did. <laughs> um, how you been, man? I've been, right? I've been good. Yeah, me too. Thanks mm-hmm. for asking. I, I didn't. <laughs> yeah, feel a bit more... Podcasty today, feel a bit more like energized. Yeah, ready for these chapters. Let's go, feel a bit more. You know, like about a few. <laughs> I mean, I say this every time, but these are some bangers. Yeah, maybe, maybe <laughs> we'll see. Uh, to be honest, we have not got much to say about these ones. We say this every time, and I bet I can get you to say some stuff that you regret. <laughs> well, we do know up front. We got no. Uh, Nineveh or Gwyn coming up. I mean, up. that's got to be a bonus for you, right? Yeah, very happy about that. Um, and we get introduced to a lot of people, don't we? Yeah. Yeah. Lots and lots yeah, and lots of so. people. So I guess we should say we're going to cover, yeah, we're covering two chapters, aren't we? Yeah. This week. That's um, 39 and 40. So do you, want, do you want to jump in? Yeah, so do you want to give us a summary for 39? We went over the chapters in the last time, didn't we? So we did, yes. Just give us a, a summary of chapter 39, Weaving of the Web. Uh, Rand, getting in the spirit of things in Camelon, decides to go on a jolly nice day out to see the false dragon as he is brought to the city to see the queen. Just as he finds the best spot to watch the spectacle, a weird old beggar starts chasing him through the streets. His prime position ruined, he undertakes a risky climb for a better vantage point. Yeah, it's pretty, I, I mean, that's, 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 that's what, what happens. Yeah. That's the summary, that's what the summary yeah, yeah. does. Tells you what happens. Um... I guess first point. First point. We should just cover yeah. Matt. Yes, we get really, it. he's not. It's very brief in it. He's, yeah, he's not very prominent in these chapters, but I guess he's still in his funk. Yes, very much so. Doesn't leave the room. Only eats food that Rand brings him. He's curled up in a ball, mm. which doesn't sound good, is it? And he, he's, he also starts talking shit about oil, which no, we're not. I'm not. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not here for it. No, absolutely not. I'm not about the the, the loyal hate. <laughs> I've only just met Lyle. But I remember what, what that mean? It's like, I've only just met this boy, but I'm going to die for him. I don't know. I genuinely don't know. I'm not even being, saying it to be like facetious. I what it is. I think it's about a pet, but either way. Like, I, I've only known Lyle five minutes. So have you. But he's pretty much amazing. So I'm not here for Matt. Lyle is our boy. Loyal is our old gear boy. He is. Um, yeah, so I just thought, like I say, he's not, Matt isn't very prominent in these chapters, but... It seems like it's coming over ahead, isn't it? Like, Matt pushed his face into the pillow and curled himself tighter. Like He's not well. <laughs> he's very not well. Very not well. But, like, Rand's just like, nah, you're being stubborn. <laughs> like, he's not stubborn. I'll stop bringing food to you. <laughs> he's just threatening him with that. But I guess uh, we get, get a little bit of the fact that maybe Loyal's... Been a, had a few more visits from Rand 
from yes. the time they've been in the city. Like, yeah. We don't get any. Sadly, we don't get any loyal time in this. We um, can't know. In this in this chapter, but he's uh, still fast fast friends with Rand, which is nice. Yeah, we get, like Rand as soon as he met him was like. This guy is someone I can be honest with. And I yo, can yo, open yo! Up to. Loyal, you're my boy! <laughs> Where the fuck did that come from? It's, uh, that's what Rand says. Yeah, I just, I, I, he doesn't. <laughs> he does not say that. With his heart and every <laughs> every motion he makes, I can, I can read it. <laughs> right, so, Master Gil. Yeah, you've got a bit, a bit of Master Gil. He um, mentions that somebody's been asking after him in the city, mm. and it's a beggar. It's a beggar. <laughs> it's a beggar. Half mad, I hear. Mm. Um, I guess we get a little bit about Camden, that he could get the Queen's bounty even if he's a criminal. Yeah, it's, it's, it's like a, a weird sort of thing, but like, it seems like even, bank. He, even if there's a warrant for your arrest, you can still go and take the Queen's bounty. There's no... There's essentially... There's no reason to beg in Camden. Because mm. there is the, the sort of reason behind it, isn't there? Yeah, I guess we haven't really seen any beggars. No. I, mean, I, you know, I, know, I guess they're not really relevant to the story, but the, no mention of them in Two Rivers. No. no. You know what I mean? No mention of them anywhere. Everyone seems to have some kind of a job. Yeah. So I guess not just Camden, potentially all of Andor. Yeah, this could be a, a thing sort of that the Queen does, and it's sort mm. of trickle down sort of thing. Yes. Um, There's also we've got some rumours as well. Can you catch this bit? No, but just a minute. While we're on about this beggar that's asking after. All right. Them. Okay. Okay. Because there was a beggar asking after them. Yeah. Yeah. Previously, when the Fade was asking after them, where was that Whitebridge? Yes, it was Whitebridge. Yes. Um. Probably the same beggar. Okay. That's it. <laughs> so I got for you. So this guy's followed them all the way. Yeah. Yeah. Mm, good stuff. Um, yes, yeah, so anyhow, we got some more rumours, did you say? Yeah, rumours of strange shapes. Oh, strange shapes, shapes yes. Um, I feel like... Oh, yeah, I don't want the strange shapes. I just feel like you... that's just common, like, the scare well, tactic. Yeah, well, Master Gill does say, like, he says it jokingly, but he says probably Trollocs, doesn't he? Mm-hmm. And we know that maybe that's not as... Not as far away from... Yeah, not as far away from <laughs> as he seems to think. Yeah, yeah. So maybe they've caught up... Yeah, potentially. I hadn't thought about it that way, but it's a fair one. But I feel like we're getting... We had the prologue, didn't we, with uh, Luther and Kinslayer. Yeah. And Elam. Yep. And then really not really any mention of the prologue for a long time. No, it's last yeah. Maybe last, within the last maybe five or six chapters, there's been sort of throwaway mentions of Luther and... Yeah, we get one here, don't we? It's yes. Like he sort of mentions it as like a, as far-fetched as Trollocs and things. So, yes. Yeah. Um, and, uh, and I think that he was mentioned negatively in a previous chapter. Like, oh yeah, it'd be, it'd be like Lou's Therian or sort of something to that effect. So, I don't know, it just feels like... It's not a part of a mention. He was mentioned as a Taviran, wasn't he? Yes, that's right, that's where it was. Yeah. Um, it was like him, him and Arthur Hawking were given as examples yeah. of Tavir. So I don't know, it just feels like, not that the prologue's sort of starting to tie in, but we're now getting to a part of the world where that that prologue maybe makes sense to people. 
Yeah, there's, I think, I think, would it, I mean, be fair, uh, would it be fair to say that people are getting more worldly as we get 2K? Yeah, yeah, I would say so. And I guess, you know, whatever the events were that led up to the prologue, we, we, I, I guess we could pretty sort of definitively say at this point, sort of if we, if we want to revisit the prologue, which I wasn't <laughs> planned on doing, it's just happened, <laughs> but if we wanted to revisit the prologue now, I guess you could say that that whole element where he turns himself into volcano was the breaking of the world that they keep talking about. Yeah. Um, so it, it, it's now got um, like a place in history. It, we can place it somewhere. Yes. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, as We've got more context than we Yes, that's yeah. the word. As for the relevance to this story, uh, it's still fairly limited. For, yeah. for we now know where it, where it sits in the history, if you like. Um, and that it's like clearly some kind of a legend or yes, well-known yes. historical story. Part of mythology. Or yes. Whatever, yeah. Um, so yeah, that's all I've, all I've got on that but I just thought it was going to be worth looking into. Um, Rand and he heads into Camelon. Everyone thinks he's a good swordsman. Yeah, we get that Languin the Dorman says uh, it'll be handy to have about if there's any trouble. Yeah. Uh, and we get a little bit more about the red and the white that he chose to wrap his sword in. Yeah, you had a bit of trouble this last time, but I guess you sort of like... You set me right. Yeah. And now it's sort of explained within the world's terms, if you like. So I'll just read this bit just so it makes sense to me, mostly. Yeah. <laughs> uh, he had not been in Camden long before learning that red wrappings on a sword or a red armband or cockade meant support for Queen Morgays. White said the Queen and her involvement with Aes Sedai and Tarvalon were to blame for everything that had gone wrong, for the weather and the failed crops, maybe even for the false dragon. So, you were getting a bit of a context, I guess, again, yeah. for the restlessness within the city. Yes. Um... Yeah. What I, I know I mentioned this last time, and I've only just thought about it again, but the, the relationship with the Aes Sedai in this world, I, I really do not understand it. Right, I guess. So. Which part? Specifically that the the White says that the Queen and her involvement with the Aes Sedai and Tarvalon were to blame for everything that had gone wrong. But it feels like, from the little that I know that the Aes Sedai have always been involved with the Queen of Andor. Yeah. So it feels like, where's this sort of negative connotation come from? <laughs> it's not like, if it was new, if if everything ran normally and then Queen Morgays brought on an Aes Sedai as an advisor and then things started going to shit, I could understand it. I think it's do, one of those, do you know what I mean? Yeah, I think it's one of those classic sort of things where like it's it's easy to accept stuff when everything's gone fine. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? It's like as soon as things start to go wrong, people start to blame things they don't understand. And you just think they don't understand the ice today. Yes. Okay, that's fine. Because I was going to say, it's not like it hasn't been. <laughs> yeah, if you were to say they're going to start blaming stuff, and it's like, yeah, but you'd blame stuff that's new, that's happened since. Yeah. But. I can accept that in this world nobody really understands what's going on with the ice today. Yeah, we already know that there's sort of like a, a bubbling tension, isn't it? All like all the time of like 
nobody really knows what Aes Sedai are about. No, there's always rumours and yeah. uh, myth, myth and legend about what they do and how they do it. They sort of meddle in, in governments and stuff. And But like I said, if if your country is doing well and everything's great, then it's, there's no yeah. reason to <laughs> upset stuff, is there? But if you, we already know that things are like like the weather and the failed crops, like that's starting to bite people. So yes. they're, they're jumping to conclusions, isn't it? It's, Blame things they don't understand. Yeah, I guess so. It just—I I don't know. I—I I agree with you. I'm not—I'm not looking to be like antagonistic, but there is just a bit of an element. Like, if this is the way it's always been, why is why is it being scapegoated now? Do you know? Do you know what I mean? Um, I think it's just classic sort of like revolting against power, isn't it? Like, it's just who who are you going to blame if not who's in charge? Like. That sort of thing. Yeah. Yeah, and I got I got no problem with people being against the Queen, but it's not they're not the people in white aren't against the Queen, they're against the Queen and her involvement with the Ice Today. Well, it's sort of a package deal, isn't it? They're saying that the Queen and her involvement with the Ice Today and Tarvalon, so they're saying that the Queen's still to blame. Yeah. Like but, but it's it's also I mean, it's just it's, the way she's doing everything. Yeah, but it makes out that the previous queens had no involvement with the Ice Today when from what I understand they did. I think it's more just that, like previous queens aren't to blame. Like, <laughs> it, they, they can only they can only say that what's going on now is the problem. Yeah, I don't know. Like, Again, I'm not saying these people make sense. Yeah, but, yeah. yeah. I guess we're back to the old white cloaks from the last episode. Yeah. Like I said, I'm not even looking to disagree with you, but I just I just do not necessarily understand that dynamic as well as like I maybe should. It doesn't. But I'm, maybe yeah. I'm just too black and white on the matter. Maybe I'm like, I don't think like everyone's intentions make sense, but I don't think that's true of the real world either. Does that make yeah, sense? Yeah, yeah. If you ask the, like someone on the street what what their issue with something is, they'll be able to tell you what they've got an issue with, not necessarily why. Yeah. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Yeah, just in their soul, it rubs them, rubs yes. them up the wrong way, sort of thing. Okay, that's fine. Um, I've got the beggar next. Have you got anything before that? No, again, it's it's a lot of... Again, it's the sort of civil unrest, isn't it? Yeah, and it's sort of... Matt Rand making his way through crowds and... and it, I suppose it's interesting, though, that, like, we've got the... The guards seem to be out in force, don't they? Yes. Like, there seems to be, like, sort of a... A worry that things might boil over today. Yeah. Because of, like, the, the spectacle. Yes. But I think, yeah, I think the next sort of major point is the beggar, you're right. So if you... Want to go into that? Yeah. Um, so I, I mean, I expressed to you already that I had some trouble understanding what was happening with this beggar. Yes. Because when I listened to it, I listened to it a couple of times. It had like a feeling like there was a, a crowd swell, and I thought from the reaction of people, it was Logan coming, and then a beggar was there, and he was chasing around that, and I did, I was confused for a bit, yeah. but. Basically, there was a crowd, a swell in the crowd, and then like a, a parting of them, yes, and a it, beggar sort of appears, like it, yes. well, it like appears like like a, like like an actor on a stage almost. Like, do you know what I mean? I think it's literally this guy is like so filthy and disgusting that he's got sort of a halo of space around. Yeah, him. <laughs> that's what's causing the swell. Yeah, it's this, the swells coming. <laughs> See, when I read it, I was reading like a swell as in trying to get a look. 
Yes. But it's probably a swelling trying to get away. Yes. <laughs> yeah. That's my understanding of it, yeah. Um, but, yeah, so he, he sort of appears in, like, an open, spots Rand, points at him and chases him, essentially. Yes. And Rand gets... He, he appears on the edge of the sort of crowd, doesn't he? And it, it says that his his cowl, torn and stiff with dirt, swung back and forth as if searching for something or listening. Mm. Abruptly, he gave a wordless cry and flung out a dirty claw of a hand pointing straight at Rand. Yeah. So, yeah, he's he's, he's not looking pleasant, is he? And he, he does zero and then Rand straight away. Yeah. Um, which, you know, I guess confirms that this is a man that's been asking after them that yeah. Gil was talking that's about. That's a reasonable assumption, yeah. And... Yeah, he basically chases him around, causes a bit of um, upset, I guess, by going the wrong way to where the way everyone's going and being in red. Um, yeah, Rand had sort of found a place that he liked, that me. Like, yes. And it, I, <laughs> I did make a note at this point because it reminds me of like me to an extent. Mm-hmm. I've got that sort, of, that sort of height privilege yeah. point I was talking to you about. Where it's like Rand just plonks himself in the middle of a crowd because he can see regardless, <laughs> and I'm like, this is, this is me at a concert. You and your <laughs> giant yeah, physique. I can stand wherever I want and see. <laughs> so yeah. yeah, but he has to give up this space, doesn't he? Mm-hmm. And make a run for it. Yeah. So I got a little bit to surmise, if you like, theorise about the beggar. Yeah, so I'll let you go into this. So I think the beggar is... Good. I think so. When you say good, what do you mean? Not bad. <laughs> <laughs> Today on dictionary definitions of Chris. No, so I think he is genuinely looking to help Rand. And but I have nothing nothing in text, I think, to, to prove this theory. It's just a thought. I, 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 originally he was lumped in with the fade. I think because if we if we consider that this beggar is the same beggar from Whitebridge, then there was a beggar looking for him and a fade looking for him, and at the time it seemed like they were both bad, but now it kind of makes sense. If a fade had a beggar looking for people, why would the fade be doing it in, himself? So it kind of feels like they've got different goals okay. now. Does that make sense? And I know I think I, uh, I theorised that the beggar was pad on thin. Padden Finn, but yeah. clearly not, because otherwise one would have recognised him when he started chasing him in the street, but still. So so I feel like that, that in at least within the text, maybe puts Fades and the Beggar on different goals for okay. trying to find them. Also, it's just, it's a bit of a trope, isn't it, in things where the sort of, the person that you don't want to help you or don't expect to be helping you is actually the person that is going to help you and then the one that's all like like the one that's like unappealing is actually more helpful to you than the one that looks like they should be able to help you does that make sense I guess I've just thought of this example right now by the way because I've been trying to figure what I'll do and I had Terminator to a degree where he's like a big killing machine and then he's actually going to be the saviour at the end at at least for Terminator 2 anyway Oh shit! <laughs> Sorry if you have not seen that thirty-year-old uh, film. Um, but maybe Shrek. 
<laughs> okay. So, like, not where I'm not even going But you've got, like, Shrek the Ogre. Yeah. Who is unconventionally attractive and, oh, yeah, or conventionally unattractive if, yeah, yeah. <laughs> if you're half her. Um, miserable, like, you know, not a good, but actually ends up being the hero. And at least for the second film, so, sorry, spoilers for a 20 year old film. <laughs> <laughs> um, Prince Charming, who's stereotypically like handsome, like, well, a Prince Charming, yeah. and he's actually the villain in that. So it's like a, you know, it's like a flipping, quite a, a bit of a flipping of roles. Yeah, yeah. So what you'd so, expect. So you think this guy's looking for him to help him? To help him. Okay. But I, as for who he is, how, he, how he's going to help him, how he knows who they are. I got nothing. I don't think. I don't think there's anything so far in the book to have explained that. I think we've had a mention of a beggar looking for them in Whitebridge, a mention of a beggar looking for them in Camden, and then the beggars appeared. I don't think there's anything else. Okay. Um, but it's just like a vibe I get from other media. Yeah, I like it. <clears throat> um, yeah. So that's that's pretty much the beggar dealt with, I think. Isn't it? I don't know. Like, I think that's all we get from the textbook. You, you is that all for your theorizing? I think so because I've got no evidence. Like I said, or at least I, well, I, well, I haven't got any evidence whether it, whether it's in the book or not. I definitely haven't seen anything else. I don't know that one. Oh, Alexa, start up again. Getting into the action again. Starting over. But I will not start over. <laughs> um. So, and my next point, I think, is login. Yeah, so again, uh, we'll get, we get to getting to log in, but yeah, it's essentially a couple of pages of looking around for another spot. Yeah, finding a big wall. Yeah, I mean, I suppose we we are getting into the next chapter after this, but um, he finds a wall over the rooftops. He could see some of the palace spires. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> yep. <laughs> I guess we'll cover that in the next chapter <laughs> yeah, story. A bit, bit of foreshadowing there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Leading to your issues with Rand. Yep. <laughs> yeah, so Rand climbs a wall. And he sort of makes it in... Insp- he says he won, just as he makes it in place to watch the procession. Yep. Um, There's a bit of a needless ribbon apparent. Is there? <laughs> he said, he said about the cliffs back home. Oh, yeah. He said the cliffs just beyond the sandhills were high, and even Perrin had climbed those. <laughs> like an even idiot Perrin had climbed them. idiot giant Perrin <laughs> with his big stupid hands. And just can't do nothing, absolutely right? no need for throwing <laughs> Perrin under the bus there. Um, so, yeah, so the, it's basically like a big old procession, isn't it? Yes. 20, 20 ranks of trumpeters. Every, I, I know it's nothing even similar, but every time I read this, I get. Vibes from you know Aladdin, where <laughs> there's that big procession through the street. Yeah, that's what I get when I read this, even though it's not the same. Where he turns into like a prince. Yeah, Is that the, one the, yeah. the prince procession. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah, that's the vibes I get. Just lo- just like lots of shit happening. You <laughs> there's like trumpeters and drummers. Yeah. Yep. Banners and banners and pennants and swords Mountain everywhere. Men, soldiers. So yeah, there's a lot a lot of uh, ceremony, isn't there? Yeah, absolutely. I was going more like down there, you know, like the Platinum Jubilee we've just had. Pie <laughs> <Like> cubes. Pie- <laughs> okay, I didn't know we called it that. <laughs> I didn't know that was a thing. Again, this will only make sense to English people. You, who, did you, who did you call it Platinum Jubes to? 
That's a part of Jubilee. You know what? Have you, is that an well-established thing that yeah. it's called Patty Jew? Yeah, it's like the... That was what everyone was saying. It's like, oh, let's, we get a full week, weekend off to get pissed for the Platty Jews. <laughs> Shall I remember? I, I remember the... I maybe, remember I'm just, just, maybe I'm just more common. I remember the Platinum Jubilee, but I don't remember anybody <laughs> shortening it to the old Platty Jews. <laughs> you're, you're clearly not as common as I am. <laughs> Oh. But anyway, this makes sense to like all the English listeners, so let's yeah. move on. Yeah, so yeah, a bit of Platy Jew vibe, <laughs> clearly. clearly. Um, and he sees. I don't remember the. I don't remember the sixteen horse flat bed cage that yeah. ended up in oh, the Platinum yeah, Jubilee right, oh, with a man inside. Yep, yeah, I remember it. <laughs> it was a weird Prince way. Andrew. It was a weird. <laughs> it was a weird way to display Prince Andrew. <laughs> Prince Andrew, a bunch of. Bunch of kids watching him pointing. <laughs> oh god! There he is. <laughs> so anyway, I feel like I don't know where I where I put myself in legal trouble there saying, yeah. saying that. Allegedly, just say allegedly. <laughs> allegedly. Um, well, all I've said is that he's in a cage and kids are pointing at him. Like, what he does in his free time? I haven't specified anything up there. Anything else is pure speculation. It's back to back to fiction, doesn't it? Yeah. So there's a man in a cage. Yeah. And there's two women on every corner watching him. Yeah. Sus- suspected Aes Sedai. I mean, pretty much confirmed Aes Sedai. Confirmed. Yeah. <laughs> uh, big old bunch of warders after him. Yeah. Dozens of. Yeah. So all those, all those man is in a cage. He does not seem too bothered, does he? No, he uh, he's just looking at everyone. Isn't he? Yeah, he's, 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 so he's a tall man, intimidating everyone. Yeah, a tall man with long dark hair mm. curling around his broad shoulders. He held himself upright against the sway of the wagon, with one hand on the bars over his head, so like hanging off the bars. Oh, I can over. imagine that, you know. Yeah, yeah, it's like they're casual. Yeah, oh, he's pretty cool, isn't he? <laughs> I think he's pretty cool. Yeah, he he says he's just wearing common clothes, but he he. Logan was a king in every inch of him. Like he's just stood there, like yeah. none of this even bothers him. Yeah, I think I like him. You know, you like Logan. I think so. But he's the false dragon. He's my boy. That's our boy. Yeah, he just seemed pretty cool, though. I mean, you got to have some sort of uh, confidence to be this nonchalant in the face of like an yeah. entire country against you. <laughs> they were like cheering that you've been caught, <laughs> yeah. and that, yeah. Um, and so he's looking around at people and the people are like freezing in their tracks and then when he like yeah. stops looking at them they start screaming um, there's definitely intensity about him isn't there yeah and he, th- he throws back his head and laughs as the palace swallows him yeah, yeah. so he's just not not bothered at all is he? detached is there's a little interesting bit here about like uh, the other nations as well Can you catch yeah that I did yeah um, the golden bees of Ilian these are the banners coming through of the other yeah. nations. So, yeah. so we've got like the we've got the lion who's sort of, that sort of came in. Yeah. Oh, Andor. Andor, yeah. Andor specifically. So we get a little hint at some other sort of symbols we can keep an eye out for. We've got the golden bees of Ilian, the three white crescents of Tia, the rising sun of Kyrian. Um, that's it, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. So just, just some little some little clues. So is just while we're on the the, the subject of other nations, white cloaks. Uh, their sigil is the sun. Yeah, are they from Kyrian? No. Oh, okay. Again, it's just a. It's just a. The 
Carrion has the rising sun, and the White Cloaks are described as sunburst, so it's like a full uh, sun. So they're above them. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> later in the day. At least. <laughs> yeah, not for, for in the middle of the day, they're from Carrion. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, wait, okay. Have we seen. I don't think. I mean, I'm going to ask you, but you're not going to answer me, but have we seen any of these before? What, the sort yeah. of sigils and stuff? Yeah, I yeah. don't believe so. I mean, even if we had, you wouldn't tell me, would you? <laughs> Probably not. But no. Again, I don't think I'd be giving anything away. Cool. Um, so, Bran's sitting on the wall, and he wonders why the Aes Sedai are watching him. He wonders aloud. Yeah. Yeah. Which is and weird. And somebody answers him. And they're keeping him from touching the truth, so silly. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I think we've talked about Rand's silliness before. So I, think we, I think confirmed silliness. Confirmed silly, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, and he jerks to look up at the the tree. It's that's above the him. girl's voice, yeah. And uh, he falls. He falls right off the wall. And it's a bit of a Hitchcock moment in it, where yeah. it's like a, a body spinning with the lines and like a laughing face, like yeah. floating over it. Um, yeah, I can. Yeah, that's it's laughing, cool. laughing little game as well. Laughing little game specifically, yeah. So that's that chapter. Yeah, I feel like that was quite a. I feel like we blasted through that one, didn't we? But yeah, like I said, I don't think there's much to talk about. No, it's basically Rand finds a spot to watch and then falls off a wall. Yeah, pretty much. You nailed it. So. Do we do do we do chapter symbols as, well, as we're going through? Yeah, we do. Yeah. We do, we do. So, oh, it's this again, isn't it? Yeah, it's my boy. <laughs> <laughs> Everything's my boy today. This, this symbol is your boy, apparently. <laughs> this is my my new theory about it being the old ying. You sure it wasn't the yang? No, this is ying. <laughs> this left, is ying. Left to right ying. Okay. Um, previously, any, any, any more thoughts about it? Then? Um, nope. Nope. <laughs> Previously seated across the Taran and now Rescue. Yeah. Which is a recent addition. Um, no, I don't think I do have any more thoughts about it. I guess the sun puts it, positions it in the light. Okay. As in good. Yeah, you said this was the good symbol last time, yeah. didn't you? I don't think I went so, so much into detail about the suns. I think I just very much focus on the fact that it looks like the yin part of a yin and yang. Yeah. Um, but no, I've got nothing else. Not really. I guess it's, I guess it's a good chapter. Okay. <laughs> that we're going into. I mean, I say I guess it's a good. I know what the chapter's about. <laughs> We've read it. <laughs> We've read it. <laughs> um, Let's get into it then. Yeah, go on then. Would you like a summary for? I would love chapter four. I would love a good web summary. Yes. Oh right. I don't know if it's good. But this is <laughs> this is a summary we've got. Rand, with a bump to the head and some scratches from his falls, continues being an idiot and fails to understand that the private palatial property he has fallen into in the middle of a city where the Queen lives is in fact the Queen's residence and a young bossy boy and girl he meets are obviously her children. After some long painful moments of him realising the truth, he is hauled into an audience with the Queen where his intentions are scrutinised. Yeah, so you're throwing a bit of shade there. Yeah, he's an idiot. He's just such an idiot. In what way is he an idiot? Like, just situational awareness. <laughs> he has none. I mean, I, I feel like this entire podcast is you saying people are idiots and me jumping at their defence. But he's literally just fell on his head. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, I think he's entitled to a bit yeah, of confusion. Do you not think 
maybe the big fuck off wall he climbed before he fucking banged his head and he maybe considered that he's sitting on the wall of the royal yeah. property. But again, he's just hit his head, he's a bit confused. He's always a bit confused. <laughs> he says here, his whole skull hurt. Yep. <laughs> he fell off a massive wall like, and apparently landed on his head. Yep. So yeah. He's an idiot. I think, yeah, but I think justifiably, no? Nope. No, okay. <laughs> no. Rand, you're no. a fucking idiot. Not at all. <laughs> uh, I guess first up, we should talk a little bit about his vision. It's not really a dream, is it? It's like a vision? No, yeah, it's... it's. I suppose, what do you make of it? It's just... So... It, to me, to me, to me, to me, he looks like... It looks like Moraine and Logan are in competition for him. Okay. Because what it says here, it seemed to run that he was sitting at table with Logan and Marin. The Aes Sedai and the False Dragon sat watching him silently as if neither knew the other was there. Abruptly, he realised the walls of the room were becoming indistinct, fading off into grey, and a sense of urgency built into him. Uh, everything was going blown away, and when he looked back to the table, Marin and Logan had vanished, and Baalzamon sat there instead. Rand's whole body vibrated with urgency, it hummed inside his head louder and louder, and the hum became the pounding of blood in his ears. So that is the vision. Yes. Just Logan and Moraine watching him as if they're not... as if the other one isn't there. Sort of like... I don't know, just sort of feels like it positions them against each other. Okay. Um, and they're sort of in a, in a fight for Rand... One to turn him to the good, and one to turn him to the bad. Okay. Balsman uh, rock it up. Yeah, they sort of both disappear, and Balsman's there instead, isn't he? And you know, and I really you see that. So that's sort of where my theory falls down, doesn't it? Because Balsman is definitely the bad. <laughs> yeah, okay. <laughs> so why is there in the first one, and then they both get replaced with Balsman? I don't know. I think, like, it's definitely worth a mention. But... Yeah, worth a mention, but I'm not sure how much we can yeah. uh, read into it. Mm-hmm. Cool. Um, so, there's a girl. There is a girl. And she is dressed like this. A deep blue velvet cloak lined with pale fur rested on her shoulders, its hood hanging down behind to her waist with a duster of silver bells at the peak. They jingled when she moved. A silver filigree circlet held her long red gold curls and delicate silver rings hung at her ears while a necklace of heavy silver links and dark green stones he thought were emeralds lay around her throat. Emeralds, that was, by the way. I absolutely slurred that to death. Her pale blue dress was smudged with bark stains from her tree climbing, but it was still silk and embroidered with painstakingly intricate designs. The skirt slashed with inserts the colour of rich cream. A wide belt of woven silver encircled her waist and velvet slippers peeked from under the hem of her dress. That is what she looks like. What? I suppose we've never talked about it, but what do you think of Robert Jordan's like massive descriptions on people's clothes and like appearance and stuff? I love it because it, it immediately like puts it in my head. Does that make sense? Yeah. Um, I don't know if I pay that much attention to it because it's like, relevant. He's so massively I, descriptive, and he, yes. like, a lot of people don't like that, but I love it. I don't. I don't dislike. It. I just don't think I notice it. No. I, I think. Um, I think unless it's relevant to the plot so when it was like Mordeth and he was in old style clothes I just don't think I really noticed it that much I mean that's that's fair that's fair 
because uh, well, you know me, I'm always I get all the information in a chapter. I go off half cocked on a theory that's nothing to do with all the information. <laughs> you disregard half of what you yeah, yeah, yeah. Just go off what I think anyway. So, so you you could tell me that she's wearing a blue a blue dress, but she's wearing a leather basket. What I'm thinking about. So, <laughs> yeah. Um, so the relevance. Yeah. You would like? Would you like some relevance to what I've just said? Yeah, it seems, seems like wearing? it seems like you're ready to go off. So yeah. Rand also thinks that he had only ever seen two women dressed in this fashion, Moraine and the dark friend who had tried to kill Matt and him. Yeah. So, we now know, well, we knew quite early on in this chapter, but earlier than Rand. <laughs> earlier than this, the idiot Rand. That this lady, girl, is royalty. I'm pretty sure, I surmised, right in the beginning, chapter two, Strangers, that Moraine was royalty. Yeah, that was only our early sort of... Theories, yeah. Yes, and this finally bit of evidence for that <laughs> for that theory. I mean, evidence is a strong word, but um, yeah, maybe you're right. It is a strong word. I don't know what the, I don't know what the alternative is, but a pointer, a pointer yeah, towards I mean, that theory. Yes, the fact that he's made a reference to Marin and this sort of fashion, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. So there's that. First of all. It seems like, yeah, I think uh, a couple of episodes ago I made some connection about Moraine potentially being Tigrain. Yeah, there was yeah some sort of... In hiding. Yeah. I now think that the dark friend, who is also dressed like Moraine and Elaine, is Tigrain, because everybody has to rhyme. Okay. <laughs> so we've got Moraine, Elaine, Tigrain, all hanging out together, wearing the same clothes. Okay. Because they are all royal people. Okay. Um... I have to feel like all I do is shoot you down, but like small counterpoint, like yeah, we're seeing this as Rand, mm-hmm. who is a like for all intents and purposes like a dirt poor farmer. Yeah, okay. Do you think there's an element of like anybody wearing quote unquote fancy clothes would look the no, same to him? Yes. Yeah. To a degree. Okay. Except he recognised that Morris' clothes were old. Old style. Yeah, yeah. I think they were sort of glaringly obviously different though, weren't they? Mm, okay. <laughs> uh, also, I think it's the colours specifically. Okay. More than necessarily the cuts. Not the cuts, but the fabrics and whatnot. I mean, the fabrics help solidify like a wealth. A wealth. But I think it's the blues and like, do you know what I mean? Okay. I think it's the colours more than the style. If you like. Yeah, so some, some big shouts there though. That, that, that dark friend was Tigran, you saying? Yeah, because also, I just think it's weird as an author to keep mentioning this character that you don't know the name of. Okay. <laughs> Plus, we had the name of Howell Gord and Peter, um, but not the name of this female dark friend, but it keeps getting mentioned. Well, we had this female dark friend, but we don't know her name. Like, and she was dressed nicely. <laughs> yeah, like it just keeps getting brought up. Um, I'd already sort of surmised. I mean, I know I went strong and said that Marin was Tigrain in my original theory, but I did sort of surmise that Tigrain is going to be a part of this story at some point down the line. Yeah, you did say Tigrain was So now involved. I'm going down the fact that she's a dark friend. And yeah, I'm pretty sure like, it was... What was it? I can't... Was it... It was Bunt or Kinch, but I think I think it was Bunt. Mm-hmm. Who said she was like 
presumed dead or lost. And yes. you, you immediately were like, no. That's suspicious. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Plus, if you were to grin and you sort of suddenly went to the dark side, if you like, for, I didn't mean that to be a Star Wars reference, but it's <laughs> happened. It's just an easy way to say it, yeah. Um, then that makes more sense that you would go into hiding to a degree. Yeah. Because you've gone like against conventional thought, so you wouldn't want to go back to what you were. Do you, do, do you know what I mean? You'd probably, it'd probably be easier to go into hiding than to sort of try and change everybody, you know. <laughs> so you think she's going to hide but she's still wearing all her rich fancy clothes? Uh, not hiding, but you know what I mean? Like, um, not hiding as in, <laughs> as in changing who she is as a person, but hiding as in not going by to grin, being the princess, the, the queen heir. Do you, know what, like, do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Not s- sitting in that role anymore. No, I like it. Yep. And that's all I've got to say about this chapter. That was a short episode. See you later, guys. (laughs) That's the only... That's the main note I have. (laughs) Because it's the only note I have that really ties into any sort of theories. But there's... I guess there's... There's There's bits and pieces coming after this, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. It's just, like I said to you before, I just don't know if I care about anything. (laughs) Well, let's see if, see if we can uh, up your care levels as we go. I wonder if we're on another little one-chapter wonder. <laughs> maybe, maybe. <laughs> so... We get a quick mention of your favourite character. Yes, um, Elaine is compared to Egwene, favourably, I think. It says she's completely different, but every bit is beautiful. Yeah, oh, favourably compared, I would say. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um... So, yeah, so that's... Just interesting to know that, like, Rand sees a girl that he thinks is pretty and immediately compares her to a queen. Like, yeah. he's still very much thinking of her. And he gets a twinge of guilt for mm. thinking that she's pretty. I don't think it was a twinge of guilt, if you know what I mean. <laughs> <laughs> you have to bring us to the gutter every time, don't you? Every yeah. time. It's where her resides. I try and keep this, cl- I try and keep this You try to elevate us and I'm dragging us back down. <laughs> Um, but she's not alone, is she? Nope. So who, who follows <laughs> after her down the tree? Garwin. Yeah. Um, get called by the name, pair of them, right in front of Rand. Rand's yeah. been told with their name. He has. Again, I'm going to keep bringing it up. He has just received the head wound. <laughs> nope. <laughs> but he's dressed. Rand's sort of like shocked that a. a a male would be dressed in this sort of way, isn't he? Yeah, yeah. He's yeah. like, he sort of expect, expects it from a woman, but he's like, whoa, this guy is this dressed. This guy's a fancy pants. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what a fancy boy. <laughs> yep. Um, yep. Yeah, and they sort of like... <laughs> you tell me more, because I've got nothing for this. No, I, I'm, just, I'm ready to go into the conversation now. Yeah. They start, they start mentioning mother a lot. Yeah. Um, Rand is still clueless. Yeah, they go by the name. He, he, yeah, the, the, the names are both mentioned. And he's um, already, like you said, he has already heard these names. He has already heard these yeah. names. He is in a massive sort of clearly royal, like you know, cl- clearly like even if he didn't sort of think it was like a royal family, you know, it's clearly a higher up. It's, he's in like a very grand garden. Yeah, he, he's yeah. in a very grand garden and he's hearing names that he's heard before associated with like the prince and princess. Yes. Just, 
I just feel like he should be putting two and two together here. Yeah, I, I agree. Like I, I'm giving him a lot of like a lot he of, has had a head wound, but yeah. circumstantially, like what are the chances? Yeah, that he's just fell into like some rich merchant's house, <laughs> and the yeah. kids happen to be called the same name as the prince and princess. Like, do, do, you know what I mean? Um, well, he's not enjoying it. He try, he's he's ready to just, tra- he's just trying it away. Yeah, he wants to go time. back over the wall. He just fell off. Yeah, and um, Elaine keeps stopping him, healing, like um, looking after him. Yeah, it's, it's funny. It's like she did not speak sharply, but again, there was that note in her voice as if she expected to be obeyed. Mm-hmm. And Rand does sort of mention it, I believe. Does she always expect everybody to do what she tells them? Yeah. And like, <laughs> that amuses Garwin. Yeah. A flash of surprise crossed the young man's face. Which so, like, he's he's obviously like, are you not getting what's going on here? Like, yeah, like you're, yeah. You're wearing the red. Yeah. You're, 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 you're like a royalist. You're supposed However, to be supporting us. But... You don't even know who we are. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, Again, more, more mentions of, like, mother while she's healing him. Yeah. And then she drops a rider in there, which I believe... Rand he definitely Rand, knows Rand, him. Rand definitely he's knows definitely had... Like, Elaine yeah. and Garwin... Circumstantially, I think he should have worked it out. However, I, as far as we're aware, it got mentioned once. Yeah. Elida, there was quite a big conversation about her. Yes. <laughs> with regards to Tom and all the rest of it. So, it definitely should be somewhere near working out at this point. Yeah, I think, he, is he aware of Gareth Brynn as well? Yes. He yeah. Is, yeah, yeah, same same conversation. Yeah, so more ne- yeah, that was mentioned. Because he's looking Tom to catch story. Tom. Yeah. Before, uh, yeah, so, so a lot of name drops here that he should be aware of. He should be getting somewhere near. He shouldn't need Elaine to tell him that his mother is <laughs> Oh Yeah, he's like, he's not like, who was your mother? Like, yeah. <laughs> yes, that it should not have come to that. We get a bit of a Daenerys moment here, don't we? Like a list of... Um, Morghese, by the grace of the light, Queen of Andor, defender of the realm, protector of the people, high seat of House Tracan. Oh, yeah. yeah. When you said a Daenerys moment there, I was like, I recognise the name, but this does not feel relevant to this book. <laughs> <Like, laughs> More just like the string of titles. Yeah. Um, yeah, she's got a few titles. Like King Alan. King Alan, as we, yeah, King <laughs> yeah. Alan from last time. Lord yeah. of the Seven Towers. D- D- battle, battle Diadem, Master of Dragonfords or whatever it was. Yeah, close. We get a little bit of uh, random monologue which I love where he says, don't attract any attention. Just fall into the Queen's garden and let the daughter attend your cuts like a hedge doctor. <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah. He's like, this is uh, pretty ridiculous, but let's roll with it. Then they take a bit of interest in him, where he's from, I think. Find out he's from the Two Rivers and Garwin knows a bit about that. Yeah, he's sort of like he's been educated on all parts of like the realm. Uh, yeah, their country, hasn't he? Mm-hmm. Um, he does say that their primary uh, products are tabac and wool. Yeah, a, a little bit here. He says, "You sound like an underman, though not a camelner, certainly, but you look like dot dot." Bit of a mm. bit of a pause there. Yeah, yeah, we do get to that. We do, but it's interesting that it's mentioned this earlier, like first impression almost. Yeah. Yeah, so he's a very clearly different looking. Yes. And he's he's obviously... It's just more evidence. They pile on this evidence that he looks different, yeah. Yeah. Whereas he's always looked different in the two rivers. Two rivers, sorry, but he... Everybody knew what he looked like. Yeah. He was just one of them at that point. He, he grew up there, so it wasn't... 
it's obvious there, but it's more obvious the far, farther afield he goes. Yeah. Um, Garwin also says that it's said that two pe- two rivers people are stubborn, and I guess that's it's, that feels pretty accurate, actually. To be fair, it does. Yeah, from um, from all the ones we've met, yeah, you wouldn't assume. Yeah, like you've like surely not all of them, and that and actually haven't met these five. Yeah, actually, I think it is pretty them. reasonable. <laughs> um, and yeah, they just have a bit of a chat, I think, don't they? And then somebody else rocks up. Yeah, one of the, one of the best named characters ever. Yeah, I'm just going to call him Galad. Uh, can we give him his full name, please? Um, yeah, it's a Galadalada. Galadadid Dramadrid. Galadadid Dramadrid. Easy as Easy, man. That's a guy. Uh, <laughs> but he rocks up all, all business, doesn't he? He's not. He's yeah. He's not fucking about. He's not about helping Rand at all. Definitely not. He's uh, ready to call the guard. He um, says he tells them to stand away from Rand. Yeah. Puts a hand on his sword. So who's this? Who's Galad? So Galad, the dread, Donald dread. <laughs> Galad the Dramadrid. He is Elaine's half brother. Is it only Elaine's half brother, or is it Elaine and Garwin? Elaine and Garwin. No pair of them. Just it says Elaine's here. Um, oh no, yeah, sorry, I've read it wrong. But he, so yeah, he's Elaine's half brother. So he shares a f- mother, father. Share a father. I, I get this wrong every time. You confuse me. <laughs> Why have you done this? Gellert was Elaine's half brother. The three oh they yes. share the same father, yes. Yes, so yeah. Oh yeah, so, that's right. So the father So um, Galad's mother. Taryn Gale Damadred. He was with the previous queen. Who is named Pass. <laughs> the previous daughter who was named Tigrin? Yes. Right. So he, Galad is their son. Yes. And then Taryn Gale's like, ah bloody hell, I've lost my queen. <laughs> let's, let's find, find the let's next find one. another one. <laughs> Finds one and has these other two kids. Yes, with Margaret's. Sweet. Got that side. And he seems to be... He's a... He, I think who he reminds me of. Yeah. It's a Harry Potter reference. Yeah. But Percy. Yeah, I can see that, yeah. It's like a... It's a do-gooder, isn't it? But, yeah, yeah. Like, like, but to the extreme. Yeah, yeah, like a do-gooder to the point of being pretty much a dickhead. Yes. Do uh, like it's being so much of a do gooder that you actually end up being a do batter. Yes, and it, and again, it's not like he does it like for satisfaction or gain. Just we, we get a little bit on the wrong, something, yeah. isn't it? I mean, I, I don't think we're jumping ahead, but he he leaves to get the guards essentially, yes. doesn't he? But um, Elaine says she hates him. He's yes. vile and full of envy. Yes, and then Gawain says, "There you go too far, Elaine. Galad does not know the meaning of envy." Twice he has saved my life with none to know if he held his hand. If he had not, he would be your first prince of the sword in my place. Yeah. So, like, it's not... He doesn't do these things to, like, gain position or anything like that. It's just because it's the right thing to do. Yeah. 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 Um, But on the same bit, Elaine says she would never choose Galad to be the first prince of the sword. Anyone. Should have anyone instead. Um... And she sort of suggests that she would have uh, Gowan instead. However, this is one of my theories that it's going to end up being Rand. Okay. Yeah. 
that the, 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 whatever happens, whenever she becomes queen or whatever, she'll want Rand to become her first prince of the start. Okay. Yep. <laughs> yeah, I mean, so she, she'll want him to be and he will be, or like that's just... Oh, yeah, and will be, yeah. Okay. Yeah, not just want him. She'll have him. So, I mean, it seems like Gawain, Gawain's training for this, doesn't it? So, like, is he... Where's he gone? Is he training for it, or has she just said it for, like a throwaway line? It sounds like Galad is training for it, but she doesn't want him. No, but I believe it's sort of, like, expected that um, Gawain is going to be first minister of the sword. I think Margaze even mentions it, later, mentions it later on in the chapter. Okay. That, like, he will be someday. I'll take your word for that. For that. But I th- I th- so why is why, so? My only thing with that is why is she concerned that Galad would be her first prince? Why is he saying that Galad? Well, would she be mentions here that she commands Gawain to let nothing happen to him, like it's like sort of like insinuating that the only way Galad would be is if Gawain wasn't around. Right. Oh. Okay. So she says, I, "I command you, let nothing happen to you." Oh right. Okay. Okay, I'm with you. Yeah. I see. Fair enough. Um, Elaine gets a bit sweary. She does, so yeah. The next, next bit. It's impressive swearing as well. Right, she growled an oath and Rand's eyebrows shut up. You'd heard that one from the stale one at the Queen Blessing and had been shocked then. <laughs> yeah, it's not very uh, princess-like, isn't no, it? No, definitely not. Um, <laughs> I'd love to know what it was, you know. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> a little bit of like, imaginative as, swearing. As, as a side note, the swearing in this book, like it's not swearing as we understand it, mm. but it's fantastic. We'll get, we, we, I think so far we know like blood and ashes and stuff, don't oh, we? Is that swearing? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I've, I've been over this. We've sort of mentioned it. I've sort of, I don't know whether I sort of suspected it to be... Um, Negative. I thought it was just a saying. No, I, I believe. I'm not sure if it's happened yet or if it's happened in the past or whatever. But like, Dynev tells Matt off for saying certain things like blood and ashes. Like right. that is essentially swearing in this universe. Yeah. Yeah, yeah but Dynev tells everyone off. Nah, she tells for a fucking bit, existence. Yeah, but, so. yeah like, blood and ashes is like essentially swearing in this universe. But yeah. but there's 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 a list that we'll get that we'll find out as we go on. Yeah. So, some of them are fantastic. I uh, love it. I'm actually quite excited for that. Yeah, to be yeah. Fair. Um, yeah. So a bunch of guards rock up, uh, led by a fellow called Talonbor. Yes. Um, and the lady is unhappy with his presence. Yeah, she's, it's not like a like a one-upmanship, isn't it? They're getting a game they, of like they seem to be in competition <laughs> with each other, like yeah. for, for a long time, not just on this occasion. Um, he says that he's there to get rid of a dirty peasant. Which... <laughs> <laughs> you said this pre-pod that you enjoyed that Rand got called a dirty peasant. I mean, it just... I mean, it's true. <laughs> he is dirty. I guess he is a peasant. <laughs> but, but I guess it just has such negative connotations. It kind of sort of goes to show what the royal family think of their subjects. Yeah. Do, do you know what I mean? Like, we, 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 you're not, we're not here to help you. You're a dirty peasant. I'll get back in your fucking <laughs> gulch. Well, is it what we said? Is it Talonbor who says this? Uh, yeah, yeah. So it's not the royals who are saying. No, no. This, but he, yeah. he's adjacent to. I don't think they'll be responsible for what he says, though. No, but I don't think he'd be allowed to say it like, if they didn't Al- like it. Elaine has just like bandaged him up, like she's a like a sort of nursemaid to him. Like she's. She's not being like, ooh, a peasant no, in my garden. No, no, no. Yeah, but he doesn't work for Elaine, does he? He works for Queen Morgaze. Yeah. 
And I just don't think he'd be running around saying it if it was frowned upon. No, when not. you work for the Queen. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, I can see what you're saying. It must be acceptable to call them that. Maybe. On some level. Like, you know, maybe they, it's just a statement, even a statement if, of fact. And even if they hate maybe it. Maybe it's not loaded with meaning. Yeah, I If I was like a peasant and I had another wash, like, fair. <laughs> Descriptive. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Maybe, yeah, you may be right. But yeah, okay. I won't. I could. I could keep going, on. <laughs> but I won't. Uh, they have a bit of a back and forth. Will they keep sort of one up in each other? Like yeah. Because um, he's, he's essentially working on the Queen's orders, and he's saying, yeah. "Well, that, that's that's the Queen, Queen outranks to... you." And then she's like, "Oh, will you bear steal in my presence? Will you lay your hands on yeah. me?" And he's like, well, "I can't, but but I'd like to." Yeah. <laughs> um. Anyway, so the long and short of it is... The, the, the he wins. Well, Marquez has already ordered them. Like, two, All of them. Yeah, she's, two of her presents. Uh, anyway, Elaine yeah. sort of thinks she's one up to man saying, well, you take me to the Queen as well as as well as yeah. this as well as well this dirty peasant. <laughs> she's like, well, I'm taking me and to then, your mother. And then essentially, um, Talonbar gets the information back that he needs to take them to the Queen as well as a dirty peasant. Yeah, <laughs> he's like, yep, no problem. There's sort of insinuation that he's going to have to go to prison. And yeah. she's like, well, if he's going, I'm going as well. And Talonbar's like, I can't take you all to prison. Yeah. <laughs> like, um, I guess the sort of, there's a little bit of note here about the palace itself. In that it doesn't seem to operate in the same way as the rest of the world. Okay. That there is... Um, flowers and stuff in the garden when people can't grow crops outside. Yeah, we do get an explanation for why, though, don't we? Elida. Yeah. And also, they haven't got any rats. Which, uh, I don't know if that's directly attributed to Elida, but you've got to imagine it's... Well, yeah, it mentions that Elida doesn't like rats. Yeah. So, yeah. So, yeah, so the Aes is making her, her home... <laughs> I guess, uh, as as habitable as possible. Yes. Um, in the town. But, in, like, Elaine's right in the fact that, in the respect when she says that it doesn't feel right that they have flowers while there's farms that can't grow crops. Yeah, it's, it's, it's like I said, it shows that Elaine is quite sort of. For the people. Yeah. And it's sort, of, us, yeah. it sort of shows that, yeah, like, that Elida's not. I guess because she's wasting her time. That's the insinuation, isn't it? She's well, she's growing all these flowers. Wasting time, pretty pretty in upper place. Yeah, not even functional. Whilst like people are potentially starving yeah. in the in the realm. Yeah. Um. So they make their way through the palace and end up in a big hall. Yep. There's a there's a, a little bit that I like where uh, Gawain says. Uh, Oh, at least it isn't the Grand Hall. I never heard that Mother commanded anyone's head got off from this room. <laughs> yeah. He's quite a little... Uh, he's quite sassy, isn't he, Gal? He, <laughs> yeah. He's always got like a little aside to say yeah. with whatever's going on. Like Somebody's doing something, he's like, they're doing this because of this. <laughs> he's always got something to say. Yeah, again, it's it, they do seem quite personable, don't they? They're not, mm. they're not typical royals. If, if like, in, like a stereotypical... Right, they, they seem quite helpful and friendly. Yeah. And, yeah. Yeah, I would say so. Uh, yeah, so we get introduced to the Queen, don't we? Yeah. 
She's just a queen. <laughs> like, I don't know, I've got nothing really to say about her, mate. Just a queen. Just, just the first queen we've seen in the book, but... Mate. Yeah. <laughs> I've been there, done that. Yeah. Who are you, Tom? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, a topical little pun from you, Anna. Um Yeah, I don't know. I, don't, I really haven't got anything to say about her. Yeah, she's got a bit of a temper. She looks. She sounds a bit like the Queen of Hearts from Alice in Wonderland. She's just a queen. She, I don't see anything that makes her stand out. I mean, it's I suppose there's nothing like. Again, if you think of a fantasy queen, mm-hmm. like I suppose something very similar to this is something you'd imagine. Is that fair to say? Yeah. Yeah, like it's yeah, not yeah. nothing. But yeah, I suppose we just get first impressions of it, don't we? But I suppose as we go on, we get more of her character coming up. Angry. Angry. <laughs> but it's not just her, is it? There's, we've got Elida. Yeah, Knitting. Yeah, and we've got Gareth Brynn. Yep. Yeah, but... Yeah, I suppose there's... They, there's I don't know, they all just feel... Is there anything you pulled out of their descriptions that you were, like you found interesting or not? No. There's only one thing I'd say about the Queen. Go on. She does have a great serpent ring on. Oh. Yeah, okay. And if you can... Is there any significance to that for you? The snake sucking itself off. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck me. Back down at the gun. <laughs> yeah, I remember mentioning that before. A couple of, yeah, couple specific, of times. Yeah, specifically on a ring, do you remember anything there? Uh, uh, you know, there's something in, in my mind about it. But maybe that's one of the ones you can bring up in a later podcast where you I've, uh, read back, I've read back and I don't know what I want to go again. No, I don't want to. No, <laughs> I want to think about it now. It's going to be 20 minutes. <laughs> No. It's like a quick break. Uh, okay. Somebody else have a ring of that. Is that what you're telling me? Yes, maybe. Who knows? <laughs> Poker first. Time. Was it? It wasn't Howell Gold, was it? No. If I got it right, would you tell me? Yeah. Right. Agreed. No need. Paul. Paul. It was Bella. <laughs> um. Well, just, just something to think about. Um. We also, like I said, we get descriptions of Elida. Yeah, the, I you, they all just feel very tropey. Yeah, I can see that. Like, uh, Gareth Brynn, he's a seasoned, strong knight of the realm who's like ready to protect his queen at all costs. Elida, a sort of um, indifferent but powerful person. Like, she's, she's knitting to show that she doesn't really care about the thing, but everybody's in fucking... Or yeah, sort of very casual in this non-casual environment. Yeah, yeah. yeah. She's so comfortable in that. Yeah. You, you know what I mean? Like, but it just feels like shit that we've all seen before. Um, I suppose the, the important point there is that we've seen before. Rand is very much oh, in all. Yeah, 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 yeah. But like I said, it's just I haven't got anything new to say about them. They're just very much. If you were casting a queen, an angry queen, yeah, yeah. a knight character, and a sort of. So deceptively powerful woman, I guess that, that this yeah. is how you would characterize them. Yeah, I know what you mean. Um, but Elaine sort of tries to defend her decision yeah. to befriend Rand um, by saying that, she, that he is a loyal subject from the Two Rivers, um, and that she's learned more from him than she could learn from any book. And Morgay's takes her and throws it right back, right back at her. Yeah, so, so it demonstrates how 
little she actually ignores. Yes. She's my child, you should pay more heed to those books. The two rivers have not seen a tax collector in six generations, nor the Queen's guards in seven. I dare say they seldom even think to remember they are part of the realm. And Rand shrugged uncomfortably, recalling his surprise when he was told the two rivers as part of the realm of Andor. The Queen saw him and smiled ruefully at her daughter. You see, child? Yeah, I suppose. Maybe not this one. It's, it's important not that although Magae seems like very stereotypically just a queen, she's not just a figurehead. She seems to be like very clever, like mm-hmm. in the way she's like so the way she handles herself here. Yeah, she's very much in control of this entire room, isn't she? Definitely. Very quick weird. We get some mention of Rand's appearance. Yeah, he's got red in his hair and grey eyes, and that's not what. Two of his people look like, and their skin is he lighter skin? Yes, this is this is a lighter, isn't it? Yes, sorry. Yeah, uh, and she said that he's lighter skinned than they would expect from yep. two rivers folk. Uh, Rand just tells the truth <laughs> it's about who his mother was, who his father was, where he's come from. Um, but then she, Elida grabs his sword and determines it to be a heron sword. Yeah, it's quite a, quite a big moment in the chapter, this, isn't it? She yeah. says, yeah, so she touches his sword. Um, and then she says, a shepherd from the two rivers with a heron mark sword. And that sends quite the reaction. In it, the wasn't what she was, it wasn't what she was expecting either. Her fingers tightened and her eyes opened wide mm. with surprise. So it's, even she's shocked at this point, yeah. Yeah. So she says, as soon as she says a heromark sword. Everybody loses his shit. Yeah. Those last few words acted on the chamber as if she had announced the dark one. Leather and metal creaked behind Rand, boots scuffing on the marble tiles. From the corner of his eye, he could see Talonvor and another of the guardsmen backing away from him to gain room, hands on their swords, prepared to draw, and from their faces, prepared to die. Yeah, so, and then you've got Gareth Bryn stands in front of the Queen, Gawain stands in front of the Lane. Like, the whole room collectively shits themselves. <laughs> like, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. what do you make of this, then? So, I feel like... Based on what... Like, it's hard to say. So, if, I don't know enough what the Heromark saw. Well, yeah, so we get a bit of context, a, little, a few more lines down, don't we? So, McGay um, said that he's too young to have earned a Heromark blade. Yeah. Yeah, and I think we've sort of, sort of, that's sort of been the case throughout the book when people have noticed the sword. Yeah. I think, based on what happens later in the chapter, Elida's had some kind of foretelling of a capital F about a, far, a shepherd with a heron mark sword. Like a prophecy almost, if you like, and that's what's caused everyone to shit themselves. Because, because it doesn't really make sense of a wise, I don't think. See, see, I think it's, do you not think it's just the sword itself? Because again, it's... He's, he's been wearing the sword the entire time. It's wrapped. Yeah, but it's still a sword. No, but it's, like I said, it's the fact, as soon as she mentions it's got heron mark. Yeah, it's, it's the still, heron mark that means something. It's still one guy against, what, fucking 40. Yeah, but that's, that, again, that's... The significance well, if, of this. If you want me to be fucking caring, <laughs> you want me to care about the fucking significance of it, maybe big Bobby Jordan wants to tell me what the fucking <laughs> point of a Heron Mark song Again, is, I think what it means in the fucking it's, world. It's drip feed, isn't it? But it's the fact that, like I said, 
Morgais is saying he's too young to have earned it. So again, it's essentially saying that somebody who's earned a heron is that dangerous. I think we're finally starting to get some context mm. for the sword. That's what this is essentially saying. Do you not know, agree? No. No. So as soon as Elida mentions the heron, yeah, that's when everyone reacts. Yeah, but I think what you'll find when you read that a little bit back is it says that her fingers tighten and her eyes open wide with surprise. Yeah. And then specifically then goes to say a shepherd from the two rivers with a heron mark sword. Yeah. So I think it's the fact that it's all the bits together. It's some kind of prophecy. Do you think Elida is sharing a prophecy with random guardsmen? Yes. Yeah? <laughs> so you think this is a thing she announces? Because we get in this chapter I think if she, that she's I think if she got a prophecy saying that a shepherd from the two rivers where Heron Mark's sword is going to come in here and kill Queen Morgays, you'd let the fucking guards know that that's so going to happen. So that's what she said? Yes. Okay. <laughs> I mean, I'm just... Like, later in the chapter, we do get that she's secretive with these foretellings. This is all evidence in the chapter. I'm just... I, this isn't me giving you more information than yeah, this here. Yeah, you can be secret, <laughs> but uh, at the same time... You can be secret all you want, but if you want to protect the Queen Magaes from a shepherd from the fucking two rivers with a heron mark sword, the guards need to know that they're looking for a shepherd from the two rivers with a heron mark sword. I mean, again, I just don't know where you're getting this sort of, he's here to, to, to kill people. Like, I'm just I don't saying think, I don't think he is there to kill people. I just think she thinks he is. Right, okay. She thinks somebody is there to do it at some point. It doesn't have to be now. Okay, okay. It's a prophecy. You know how prophecies work. Never like you expect them to. Again, I'm just saying, like, what is here makes sense, and you've been like, no, nah, I don't agree with this explanation, if well, that makes sense. Like, if you want me to make sense of it, let's jump ahead to where the Heron Mark sword is explained fully, and then I can believe it. No, but again, like I said, this is not really this explained. Is the way. This is the drip feeding. Mm-hmm. And again, it's. He said, like, a Heron Mark blade isn't some sort of unknown thing. Like, Medeus yeah. is saying, he's too young to have earned it. Yeah. So this is the surprise. No one expected him to have it. And it's the fact that he does, and that like the whole room reacts to it. So but he's also too young to have earned it. So he's but not again, skilled think, in it. Yeah, but this is what I'm so saying. They've still it's reacted. Like, but again, this it's just the fact that it has the heron. Again. Uh, I've, no, I'm not having it. <laughs> <laughs> okay. When when some solid evidence appears Again, I don't know what you're looking for evidence for. That's what I'm confused about. Why everyone just shit themselves? Because he's got heron. That's it. No. <laughs> it's not enough. What do you mean it's not enough? Because nobody else has fucking shit themselves when they've seen that he's had a heron on his side. No, it's been... I think they have, though. That's the that's the, const- the, the only reason... Nobody's they're... immediately ran and grabbed a weapon when they've seen him. <laughs> what do you mean ran and grabbed a weapon? Well, they've all just grabbed their swords, haven't they? Yeah. But, again, because Margaitis is there, they, that's their job. No, I'm not having it. It seems that like people have recognized like, lands recognized the heron. These white clocks recognize the heron. I'll tell you right now, I'm never going to believe you because you've been full of shit the entire time. <laughs> well, I don't know. So you I can try and convince I don't know me what you're trying. Want, I don't know. I believe I don't, what I want to believe. What, so what do you think I'm trying to keep from you? Is is? Fucking, well, I, I don't know. Everything. I think for, for me, this is the explanation. Like yeah, yeah, for you. For, <laughs> this is why the heron is important. That's all I'm saying. I don't know what your th- what you th- what your theory is here. I told you already. So you th- you think Elida has had a foretelling of a, a heron mark going to kill Magaz and she's a shepherd from the two rivers with a heron mark sword. Okay. 
specifically? I think we're trying to explain two separate things and getting confused in the translation. So we'll just move on. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, okay. Um, so he didn't earn his sword. Okay. Which is the no. They know he didn't earn it. Gareth Bryn. Yeah. No, sorry, I've jumped ahead. There's a foretelling first, isn't there? A foretelling where? Eleda has a foretelling from the current situation. What are you talking about, Bryn, here? No, I've jumped ahead. Bryn, Bryn's later. Okay. It, Bryn comes after the foretelling, I believe. Because he does have... He has quite a sense about him. Maybe I haven't jumped ahead there with us. Oh, no, yeah, sorry. Bryn, it is this bit, sorry. Wait, that's what you, you've already covered it, I think, where Bryn says he's too young yet still it belongs with him. Yeah. So, how does he get this? Like, how mean? does he know it belongs with him? I think this is just a seasoned soldier recognising someone who is used to having a sword with him, if that makes sense. But, like... Yes and no. Just the way he carries yeah. it. Yeah. I don't think he's seeing anything that nobody else could see if he had his experience type thing. Mm. Again, I think he's just a base level. He, Yeah, look how he stands. Like, it's... Yeah, but... This is the bit that's that's thingy, like... That feels more supernatural. Where it's like... Like... Not supernatural. That's not the right thing. But that kind of a thing. Where it's like... He knows that he's too young, but it still belongs to him and he with it. See, this is this is the juxtaposition. It's like... Rand has spent some time with this sword and with Lan showing him how to use it. So he's got like a rudimentary sort of like mm-hmm. grasp of it. So that people, see, people see young guy with a heron, which already doesn't make sense. Yeah. But he looks like he belongs with it. If that makes sense. And again, because Randa's got such a sort of sense of self invested in that sword because of where it came from. Mm-hmm. And he's already got that struggle mm-hmm. of like, Tom's my father, blah, blah, blah. He's got that invested in the sword as well. So it's like, when people look at him, it, like, it's a bit, they don't know how to take it, essentially. And that's what Bryn's talking about here. Does that make sense? Yeah, it does. Um... I do know what you're saying, but it doesn't. I don't know. It just it, it, as much as the sword is his and he's used it a lot, like he's he's had it with him a lot. Yeah. So he has already used it, has he? Um. I don't know. It's it's the it belongs with him part. Like you, you, in this respect, I probably am reading too much into it, but like that feels more like a. Like, uh, I'm making loads of hand gestures. So <laughs> excellent for a podcast. Um, no, I, th- I think I know what you're saying. Like, belongs with him like, is different to saying he looks right with it. Like, yeah, yeah. It, it, it's like, like a feeling, like a vibe. <laughs> but, but like, yeah, you know, I like, I can't, I don't know what the word is. So I can't describe it. And again, it's we're trying as we're trying to look at oh, how does Rand look with this sword, and we've just got words like mm-hmm. so we can't 
look at I, what I, Rand looks like here. We, like. we can't see what Rand looks like. We can't see what a, a seasoned... Um, I mean, is this even a thing? Like, if if we were super experienced with soldiers and we saw a guy with a sword, would we know if they held it right? Do you know what and I mean? Like, and it's still... It belongs with him. Look how look he stands, how the sword fits him in here. Like, it's like the... Like soulmates, like not soulmates. We you know what I mean. Like they belong together. Like not, like not. It's not just he carries a sword. Well, it's like he belongs specifically to this sword. Do you know? Yeah, like I said, I get, and again, there's, there's been a lot of sword talk and not a lot of sword explanation. So I can see your difficulty. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, yeah. So yeah, that was Gareth. Yeah, the, the thing I was struggling with with your view of it wasn't necessarily the sword stuff. It was just the Elida stuff. I suppose we can get into that in a bit. Yeah, so we're, we're about to get into the foretelling now yes. from Elida. Um, which is a sense of prophecy, I guess. Kind of she, she has a bit of a spiel at first, doesn't she? Um, where she's essentially saying, like, all oh, this is too sort of coincidental. Yeah. Like she's, but then Morgase calls her out, doesn't she? And said, "Like, look, are you just trying shit, or is this a foretelling?" Mm-hmm. Capital F. Like, yes, capital she, F she basically says, "Like, talk blindly." Yes, and what Elida foretells is yeah. that she swears under the light that I can say no clearer. From this day, Andor marches toward pain and division. The shadow has yet to darken to its blackest, and I cannot see if the light will come after. Where the world has wept one tear, it will weep thousands. This I foretell. So, yeah. I mean, she's not quite finished, though, is she? Um, this too I foretell. Pain and division come to the whole world, and this man stands at the heart of it. I obey the Queen and speak it clearly. But, I think the important part there, she spoke again, barely moving her lips, so softly that he could barely hear her less than an arm's length away. So she's literally, she's stood next to Rand at this point and he can barely hear her. Uh. So the important part here is that this second part, nobody really hears. Yeah. So she's still foretelling things. But hiding. But hiding it. So this is what I was on about earlier on. Mm. When you were like, oh, she had a foretelling and told everybody. Like, Yeah, yeah, but you, all you've proved there is that on one foretelling she told everybody and on one she didn't. So that's what, I'm just... So I just, just so I, yeah, I just want to point out like that... That still proves my point She's not that necessarily she feels telling that everybody people. needs to know a foretelling... And again, it's all just on what she feels though. She, she'll tell him. <laughs> <laughs> if she feels that she needs to protect Queen yeah, Borgias yeah. from, from a specific, but yeah, again, specific if, threat... If she feels that, and we don't know. We don't. No, we don't. But <laughs> I think I, th- I don't think it's necessarily wrong to surmise that when everyone shits themselves, shits themselves at the fact that there's a shepherd from the two rivers with a herobark sword, that she might have told people that. <laughs> okay. Yeah, I, I understand where you're coming from. Like, I just feel like <laughs> if you if if you said if if the next thing was. Uh, our then, I'm Queen Morgaze. We're, Eli- we're getting back in. <laughs> Elida, tell us all, tell us your foretellings. She's like, no, I don't tell anybody my foretellings. They'd be like, right, okay, and then I'm probably wrong here. But she's told everybody one of them, and some people not the other, not the other one. And, <laughs> I feel like this is this is just like the for me at this point. This is the culmination of people reacting to the heron. 
and you've and like I just don't know why you're getting this sort of ah I like this fourth hold them all that Brand's gonna come and kill her like because <laughs> nobody has reacted this extremely to to it. But nobody has been she also, in, in a in a receiving also, room with every, a queen either. She also said the entire sentence she shit herself and then she said the entire sentence before everyone reacted. It wasn't like this is a fella from the four the the two rivers then felt the sword and then added that bit and then everybody fingered themselves. She said the whole sentence before everyone fingered. I don't know what you're saying when you say that. A shepherd from the two rivers, she said softly, and then a whisper meant to be heard by all with the heron mark sword. Mm-hmm. So it's just, like I said, specifically the heron mark sword that everyone reacts to. The, I just think, yeah, it's I, like, again, this is just... It, what, what I mean is, everybody reacted at the end of the sentence. Yeah. It, the, a fellow from the two rivers, on its own, not necessarily a threat. A fellow with a heron mark sword, not necessarily a threat. I see. That's where that, from the two rivers with that, a heron mark that, sword. That's where we dis- That's where we're disagreeing. A specific threat. I mean, I'm not saying I, I know that I've seen the heron mark sword before. Yeah. So you're saying you're saying heron mark sword is not a threat on its own. I'm saying it is. Like that, that's where saying, we're disagreeing. I'm not saying it's not a threat on its own. I'm just not saying that that's the only bit that they've reacted to. Yeah. I, I, I said I, I. I'm getting that. I'm just saying when you say that part specifically is not a threat, and I'm saying that. I just don't think it's. I just don't think that's the reaction that they've had is relevant to the the threat level they've had. Again, I'm just saying that that again. I don't know what I'm trying to say, but let's just move. Let's just get your feelings on it down. I'm not well, going to I've, I've tried to get my feelings on it down and you keep telling me I'm wrong. So, that's on I've you. I've never said you're wrong. I'm just saying... You keep, well, I, say keep, I keep saying one thing. You keep telling me, no, it's definitely another. And I say, no, it's this one thing. And you say, I don't know where you're getting that from. And I'll tell you where I get that from. And you say, you're wrong. <laughs> <laughs> so, let's just move on. Okay. okay. Um, so, we get a bit of Justice, I guess, do we, from Morgaze? Which bit? Oh, I think I've jumped a page ahead. Uh, yeah, so Elida says a thing about the foretelling. Yep. Um, there's kind of... I'll ask Gareth Brynn for his idea, and he's like, I'll chuck him in a cell until um, Garwin and Elena head north, and then release him... So still fairly quite quite a good bit of justice. I think Elida's maybe of a more severe opinion. I don't know if it's specifically said, but I feel like she wants she wants a more severe result. Gareth sort of middle ground, and the Morgaz goes quite lenient. I think. I feel as a like just in regards to Elida, I think what she wants here is him, like. Locked up so that she can have access, essentially. Yeah, she wants to torture him. Again, not necessarily torture him. Interrogate him. Yes, interrogate. I think that's the what we're meant to understand. Interrogate yeah. him with pain. And, <laughs> and Gareth just wants, like, a neutral. Let's, let's, let's reduce the threat and not, but not be anything so harsh as interrogation. Yeah. And Morgaz is really quite lenient on the matter. I, I, Bryn does say he like he'll give him a chance to learn more. So mm-hmm. like there's an insinuation that he's also going to interrogate. Yeah, but I'd yeah. rather be interrogated by Bryn than a later like 
Or lie down if you say it. And it depends. We've no, we haven't seen an ice of that interrogating one yet, have we? We don't know what, we don't know what that entails. Yeah, but they have access to the power. Yeah. Scary. <laughs> <laughs> sounds, um, like, sounds like you're a dark man. <laughs> so, yeah, so Morgay says, I will give you justice then, Randall thought. First, because I have the advantage of Elida and Gareth in having heard two rivers speech when I was young. You have not the luck, but it, if a dim memory can serve me, you have the two rivers on your tongue. Second, no one with your hair and eyes would claim that he is a two rivers shepherd unless it was true, and that your father gave you a heron mark blade is too preposterous to be a lie. And third, the voice that whispers to me that is that the best lie is often one too ridiculous to be taken for lie. That voice is not proof. I will uphold the laws I have made. I give you your freedom, Randolph, Thor, but I suggest you take a care where you trespass in the future. If you are found on the palace grounds again, it will not go so easily with you. I think this is an interesting point as well because it sort of illustrates that both Margay's advisors have advised Locke and Randall. Yeah. And she's like, no, like we're in this time of uncertainty. Yeah. We need to stop suspecting es- people for not like... Especially a queen with um, a reputation for being quite angry as well. I, I, I guess I hadn't really considered it, but that is quite a lenient reaction yeah, yeah, to what you would have expected yeah. from what you heard about her before before meeting her. Yeah, and I, guess, I suppose this goes on like uh, maybe what the sort of general consensus is and actually the truth. Like, she may have reacted in certain ways to certain situations, but it doesn't mean that is her yeah. entire personality, is it? Yeah, like she might react severely to a man who she's in a relationship with who then leaves without saying anything. Yeah. <laughs> but not but so I, th- much. I think I think his finish was he, he left after saying quite a lot of things yeah. <laughs> that he shouldn't have said. Uh, not so much not just not don't need to have such a harsh reaction to a dirty peasant that's accidentally fell into your guard. Yeah. She seems to believe him essentially. Yeah. Yeah, like she said I mean and like she says, if he was lying, he could have picked some better lies. And also if it has I, for me, there's always been this sort of, like, in this situation, if he intended Elaine and Gowan harm, he could have easily harmed He'd be them. done by that. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Definitely. Um, so he is free to leave. He's um, walked out by Elaine and Gowan. Yep. Uh, because he is their guest. Yes. And... So yeah, so Talonvar has taken him out, isn't he? But, Tal- yeah. Uh, yeah, Elaine and Gowan decided to come along. I think Elaine's mostly there to make sure nothing bad happens to him. He doesn't get he doesn't get accidentally taken to prison anyway. Yeah. <laughs> um, and sort of as they get to the gates, she's like, "Well, we're gonna have to leave you here because we don't remember the parting. We just yeah. remember the time we had." But um, the Rans sort of thanks her and. Um, says that he taught some of the two rivers folk uh, in relation to like why she claimed him as a friend. Yeah. And Elaine says, uh, if I had told mother, I think you are handsome, she certainly would have locked you in a cell. Um, and then she says goodbye. Um, which is just funny, isn't it? Yeah. That she just fancies him. That's why she was talking to him. I feel like she's winding up there as well. <laughs> <laughs> um, we yeah. get a little bit. Gowan sticks around, doesn't he? He does. Um, we get a little like uh, call back to the dot 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 part. Yeah, he says um, that if you wrap a shufa around your head, Rand, you would be the image of an eelman. Um, which is 
annoying revelation for me. Annoying? <laughs> Do you remember um, a couple of episodes ago where I said that Lyle thought he was an Aylbert? Yeah. And you posited um, the thing, because I was positive, sorry, that he was an Aylbert because of the, he picked the red. That's what made him look like one. And you were, yeah. like, you were like, nah, 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 nah. It means royalists <laughs> and non-royalists. Um, I wish I'd stuck with that theory because it turns out he looks like an ailment. <laughs> yeah, he was sort of like... I was on the right... I had the right answer but the wrong route. <laughs> you know it. when you do like a maths exam and yeah. you do all the wrong Showing working out. <laughs> yeah. All got, the wrong working out but the right answer. I got the point for the, for the, for the answer but not for the working out. Um, See, I mean, like, I suppose... We don't know, right? We still don't know around territory. No. But he, we've had multiple times where someone said he looks like an alien, and I suppose that's the important I mean, thing. Recently, we've had, I, I, I don't know if, recently we've had two occasions of that, but I, don't, I think that's all the occasions of it. I think most of the other references are that he just looks different to a two rivers person. I'd have to check, but I think early on Tom said something along those lines as well. Yeah. Okay. I think when they first met Tom, there was a sort of allusion to it as well. Alright, okay. But I'm not certain on that. Fair enough. Um, and that's pretty much it, isn't it? He gets out, realises he's been standing outside the palace gates for too long after his release, <laughs> yeah. and then... Um, a ladder could find him easily. He yeah. starts running home, basically. Um, so he's, like, he seems he seems uh, worried about a ladder, doesn't he? Yes. Good reason to be from the sounds of it. She yeah, she was. She chat was, to him about she his, was very interested. He's an Eilman heritage and his Heromark sword, and then the fact that he knows Tom Merlin on top of that. It's, yeah, it's not going to go well. No. So, yeah, shall we have a look at the chapter symbol? Yeah, what symbol is it? It's a staff. Previously seen. Chapters 8, 10, 13, 21, and 28. Bloody hell, i this a few times then. Yep. And the title is Old Friends and New Threats. Yeah. So what are we thinking? So, feels like we are, we're back on full reunion territory. I would seem to suggest that, wouldn't it, Old Friends? Yeah. Uh, new Threats. Maybe Logan, you know. Maybe. Yeah. Um, because whilst he's been a threat in the world, this is we've only just been introduced to him, so with respect to like a threat on our gang. Yeah. He would be new to that. He would be. So maybe that. Um, old friend could potentially old friends could potentially relate to the beggar, as okay. well. Um, might go like it might go like a slightly different route to, to the obvious, and be like, oh, I'm, I'm a beggar now, but I cradled you when you were a boy. I <laughs> <laughs> was your dad. Yeah. And my wife died on a battlefield and somebody stole my baby. <laughs> yeah, I was, I've been trying to find you for however long. Yeah. That feels less likely, but... <laughs> I've not a wash in 20 years. <laughs> I've spent every waking hour looking for you. Um, yeah. Sounds good. That's it. Weren't you going to say something? Was I going to say something? You want to tell people to wear. Uh... Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I thought we were still st- we're, we're on podcast duties, not ch- chapter duties. Yeah, we're, we're going to ask people to. It's not liking subscribers or what is no, it? No, it's not. We're not on YouTube. Rate, we're not on YouTube yet, mate. Rate and review. Rate and review. Rate and review. Wherever you get your podcasts, give us a give us a bit of a helping yeah. hand. 
Five stars only, please. <laughs> <laughs> if you ain't doing a five star, I don't want it. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, any any sort of input would be great. Just let us know if you're enjoying it or not. Yeah, definitely. We'll see you next time. Thanks for listening to this episode of Spiel of Time. You can share any thoughts or questions with us at spiel underscore time on Twitter. We also have an email, spieloftimepodcast at gmail.com. Join us next time for more Wheel of Time.